0: section three of prometheus ill bound this librivox recording is in the public domain prometheus ill bound by andre gide translated by Lillian rothemere the illness of damocles one you know that he is not at all well said the waiter seeing prometheus a few days later who damocles oh very bad it was coming out after your lecture that he was taken ill but what is the matter the doctors hesitate it is a very unusual illness a shrinkage of the spine the spine yes the spine at least unless a miracle happens he must get worse he is very low i assure you and you should go and see him you go very often yourself i yes every day he is very anxious about cockley's i bring him news every day why doesn't cockley's go to see him himself he is too busy don't you remember your lecture it has made an extraordinary effect on him he talks of nothing but self-devotion and passes all his time looking in the streets for another blow which may benefit some unknown damocles in vain he offers his other cheek why not tell a millionaire i give him news every day that is really the reason why i visit damocles every day why does he not go and see damocles himself that is what i tell him But he refuses he does not wish to be known and yet damocles would certainly get well immediately if he knew his benefactor i tell him all this but he insists upon keeping his incognito and i understand now that it is not damocles but his illness which interests him you spoke of introducing me yes at once if you like they went off immediately two not knowing him ourselves we have decided not to say very much about the waiter's friend zeus but just to report these few remarks interview of the millionaire the waiter is it not true that you are very rich the millionaire half turning towards prometheus i am richer than you can ever imagine you belong to me he belongs to me everything belongs to me you think i am a banker i am really something quite different my effect on paris is hidden but it is none the less important it is hidden because it is not continuous yes i have above all the spirit of initiative i launch then once the affair is set going i leave it i have nothing more to do with it the waiter isn't it true that your actions are gratuitous the millionaire it is only i only a person whose fortune is infinite who can act with absolute disinterestedness for man it is impossible from that comes my love of gambling i do not gamble for gain you understand i gamble for the pleasure of gambling what could i gain that i do not possess already even time do you know my age prometheus and the waiter you appear still young sir the millionaire well do not interrupt me prometheus yes i have a passion for gambling my game is to lend to men i lend but it is not for pleasure i lend but it is sinking the capital i lend but with an air of giving I do not wish it known that i lend i play but i hide my game i experiment i play as a dutchman sows his seed as he plants a secret bulb that which i lend to men that which i plant in man i amuse myself by watching it grow without that man would be so empty let me tell you my most recent experience you will help me to analyze it just listen you will understand later I went down into the street with the idea of making someone suffer for a gift i would make to another to make one happy by the suffering of the other a blow and a note of twenty pounds was all that was necessary to one the blow and to the other the note is it clear what is less clear is the way of giving them i know it already interrupted prometheus oh really you know of it said zeus i have met both damocles and Cocles it is precisely about them that i have come to speak to you damocles looks and calls for you he is very anxious he is ill for goodness sake go and see him sir stop said zeus i have no need of advice from anybody what did i tell you said the waiter prometheus was going away but suddenly turned again sir pardon me excuse an indiscreet question oh show it to me i beg you i should love so much to see it what your eagle but i have no eagle sir no eagle he has no eagle but not so much of one as i can hold in the hollow of my hand eagles and he laughed eagles it is i who give them prometheus was stupefied do you know what people say the waiter asked the banker what do they say that you are god i let them say so said he three prometheus went to see damocles and then he went very often he did not talk to him every time but in any case the waiter gave him the news one day he brought cockles with him the waiter received them well how is he asked prometheus bad very bad replied the waiter for three days the miserable man has not been able to take any food his banknote torments him he looks for it everywhere. He thinks he may have eaten it. He takes a purgative and thinks to find it in his stool. When his reason returns and he remembers his adventure, he is again in despair. He has a grudge against you, Cockles, because he thinks you have so complicated his debt that he no longer knows where he is. Most of the time he is delirious. At night there are three of us to watch him, but he keeps leaping upon his bed, which prevents us sleeping." Can we see him? said Cockles yes but you will find him changed he is devoured by anxiety he has become thin 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 will you recognize him and will he recognize you they entered on the tips of their toes the last days of damocles damocles bedroom smelt horribly of medicines low and very narrow it was lighted gloomily by two nightlights in an alcove covered with innumerable blankets one could see damocles tossing about he spoke all the time although there was no one near him his voice was hoarse and thick full of horror prometheus and Cocles looked at each other he did not hear them approach and continued his moaning as if he were alone and from that day he was saying it seemed to me both that my life began to have another meaning and that i could no longer live that hated banknote i believed i owed it to everyone and i dared not give it to anyone without depriving all the others i only dreamed of getting rid of it but how the savings bank but this increased my trouble my debt was augmented by the interest on the money and on the other hand the idea of letting it stagnate was intolerable to me so i thought it best to circulate the sum i carried it always upon me regularly every week i changed the note into silver and then the silver into another note nothing is lost or gained in this exchange It is circular insanity and to this was added another torture that it was through a blow given to another that i received this note one day you know well i met you in a restaurant he is speaking of you said the waiter the eagle of prometheus broke the window of the restaurant and put out cockley's eye saved gratuitously fortuitously providentially i will slip my banknote into the interstices of these events No more debt. Saved! Ah, gentlemen, what an error. It was from that day that I became a dying man. How can I explain this to you? Will you ever understand my anguish? I am still in debt for this note, and now it is no longer in my possession. I tried like a coward to get rid of my debt, but I have not acquitted it. In my nightmares, I awake covered with perspiration. Kneeling down, I cry aloud, Lord, Lord, to whom do I owe this? I know nothing of it but i owe owing is like duty duty gentlemen is a horrible thing look at me i am dying of it and now i am more tormented than ever because i have passed this debt on to you cockles cockles it does not belong to you that i as the money it was bought with did not belong to me and what hast thou that thou didst not receive says the bible received from whom 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 my distress is intolerable the wretched man spoke in short sharp jerks his voice grew inarticulate choked as it was by gasps sobs and tears anxiously prometheus and Cocles listened they took each other's hand and trembled damocles said seeming to see them debt is a terrible duty gentlemen but how much more terrible is the remorse of having wished to evade a duty as if the debt would cease to exist because it was transferred to another But your eye burns you cockles cockles i am certain it burns you your glass eye tear it out if it does not burn you it ought to burn you for it is not yours your eye and if it is not yours it must be your brother's whose is it whose whose The miserable man wept he became delirious and lost strength now and again fixing his eyes on prometheus and cockles he seemed to recognize them crying but understand me for pity's sake The pity I claim from you is not simply a compress on my forehead, a bowl of fresh water, a soothing drink. It is to understand me. Help me to understand myself for pity's sake. This which has come to me from I know not where, to whom do I owe it? To whom? To whom? And in order to cease one day from owing it one day, believing, I made with this a present to others. To others! To Cockles! The gift of an eye! But it is not yours that i cockley's cockley's give it back give it back but to whom to whom to whom not wishing to hear more cockley's and prometheus went away four there you see said cockley's coming down the stairs the fate of a man who has grown rich by another's suffering but is it true that you suffer asked prometheus from my eye occasionally said cockley's But from the blow no more i prefer to have received it it does not burn any more it has revealed to me my goodness i am flattered by it i am pleased about it i never cease to think that my pain was useful to my neighbor and that it brought him twenty pounds but the neighbor is dying of it cockles said prometheus did you not tell him that one must nourish one's eagle what do you expect damocles and i never could understand each other our points of view are entirely opposed prometheus said goodbye to cockles and ran to the house of zeus the banker for goodness sake show yourself he said or at least make yourself known the miserable man is dying i could understand your killing him since that is your pleasure but let him know at least who it is that is killing him that he may be at peace the millionaire replied i do not wish to lose my prestige five the end of damocles was admirable he pronounced a little while before his last hour some words which drew tears from the most unbelieving and made pious people say how edifying the most notable sentiment was the one expressed so well in these words i hope at any rate that he will not have felt the loss of it who asked someone he said damocles dying he who gave me something no it was providence cleverly replied the waiter Damocles died after hearing these comforting words. THE FUNERAL Oh, said Prometheus to Cockles, leaving the chamber of death, all that is horrible. The death of Damocles upsets me. Is it true that my lecture can have been the cause of his illness? I cannot say, said the waiter, but I know that at any rate he was greatly moved by all that you said of your eagle. Of our eagle, replied Cockles i was so convinced said prometheus that is why you convinced him your words were very strong i thought that no one paid any attention and i insisted if i had known that he would listen so attentively what would you have said the same thing stammered prometheus then but i would not say the same thing now are you no longer convinced damocles was too much so. I have other ideas about my eagle by the way where is he do not fear cockley's i have my eye on him good-bye i shall wear mourning said cockley's when shall we see each other again but at the funeral i suppose i will make a speech there i ought to repair in some way the damage i have done and afterwards i invite you to the funeral feast in the restaurant exactly where we saw damocles for the first time six at the funeral there were not many people damocles was very little known his death passed unnoticed except for those few interested in his history prometheus the waiter and cockles found themselves at the cemetery also a few idle listeners of the lecture everyone looked at prometheus as they knew he was to speak and they said what will he say for they remembered what he had said before before prometheus began to speak great astonishment was caused by the fact that he was unrecognisable he was fat fresh smiling smiling so much that his conduct was judged a little indecent as smiling still he advanced to the edge of the grave turned his back on it and spoke these simple words the history of titurus gentlemen who are kind enough to listen to me the words of scripture which serve as text for my brief discourse today are these let the dead bury their dead we will therefore occupy ourselves no more with damocles the last time that i saw you all together was to hear me speak of my eagle damocles died of it leave the dead it is nevertheless because of him or rather thanks to his death that now i have killed my eagle killed his eagle cried everyone that reminds me of an anecdote let us grant i have said nothing one In the beginning was titurus and titurus being alone and completely surrounded by swamps was bored then menalcas passed by who put an idea into the head of titurus a seed in the swamp before him and this idea was the seed and this seed was the idea and with the help of god the seed germinated and became a little plant and titurus in the evening and in the morning knelt before it thanking god for having given it to him and the plant became tall and great and as it had powerful roots it very soon completely dried up the soil around it and thus Titurus had at last firm earth on which to set his feet rest his head and strengthen the works of his hands when this plant had grown to the height of Titurus, Titurus tasted the joy of sleeping stretched under its shadow now this tree being an oak tree grew enormously so much so that soon Titurus's hands were no longer sufficient to till and hoe the earth around the oak To water the oak to prune to trim to decorticate to destroy the caterpillars and to ensure in due season the picking of its many and diverse fruits he engaged therefore a tiller and a hoeer, and a trimmer and a decorticator and a man to destroy the caterpillars and a man to water the oak and two or three fruit boys and as each had to keep strictly to his own speciality there was a chance of each person's work being well done In order to arrange for the paying of the wages titurus had to have an accountant who soon shared with a cashier the worries of titurus's fortune this grew like the oak certain arguments arising between the trimmer and the pruner and the depilator as to where each man's work began and finished titurus saw the necessity of an arbitrator who called for two lawyers to expose both sides of the question titurus took a secretary to record their judgments and as they were only recorded for future reference There had to be a keeper of the rolls on the soil meanwhile houses appeared one by one and it was necessary to have police for the streets to guard against excesses titurus overcome by work began to feel ill he sent for a doctor who told him to take a wife and finding the work too much for him titurus was forced to choose a sheriff and he himself was therefore appointed mayor from this time he had only very few hours of leisure when he could fish with a line from the windows of his house Which still continued to open on the swamp then titurus instituted bank holidays so that his people might enjoy themselves but as this was expensive and no one was very rich titurus in order to be able to lend them all money first began by raising it from each of them separately now the oak in the middle of the plain for in spite of the town in spite of the effort of so many men it had never ceased to be the plain the oak as i said in the middle of the plain had no difficulty in being placed so that one of its sides was in shadow and the other in the sunshine under the oak then on the shady side titurus rendered justice on the sunny side he fulfilled his natural necessities and titurus was happy for he felt his life was useful to others and fully occupied two man's effort can be intensified titurus's activity seems to grow with encouragement his natural ingenuity caused him to think of other means of employment he set to work to furnish and decorate his house the suitable character of the hangings and the convenience of each object were much admired industrious he excelled in empiricism he even made a little hook to hang his sponges on the wall which after four days he found perfectly useless then titurus built another room by the side of his room where he could arrange the affairs of the nation The two rooms had the same entrance to indicate that their interests were the same but because of the one entrance which supplied both rooms with air the two chimneys would not draw at the same time so that when it was cold and a fire was lighted in one the other was full of smoke the days therefore that he wished for a fire titurus was forced to open his window as titurus protected everything and worked for the propagation of the species a time came when the slugs crawled on his garden paths in such abundance that he did not know where to step for fear of crushing them and finally resigned he invited a woman with a circulating library to come to the town with whom he opened a subscription and as she was called Angèle, he became accustomed to go there every three days and pass his evenings with her and by this means titulus learned metaphysics algebra and theodicy teturus and angèle began to practise together successfully various accomplishments and angèle showing particular taste for music they hired a grand piano upon which angèle played the little tunes which between times he composed for her teturus said to angèle so many occupations will kill me i am at the end of my tether i feel that i am getting used up these consolidated interests intensify my scruples and as my scruples grow greater i grow less what is to be done shall we go away said angèle to him i cannot go i have my oak suppose you were to leave it said angèle leave my oak you don't mean it is it not large enough now to grow alone but i am attached to it become unattached replied angèle and a little while after having realized strongly that after all occupations responsibilities and other scruples could hold him no more than the oak titurus smiled and went off taking with him the cash-box and angele and towards the end of the day walked with her down the boulevard which leads from the madeleine to the opera three that evening the boulevard had a strange look one felt that something unusually grave was going to happen an enormous crowd serious and anxious overflowed the pavement spreading onto the road which the paris police placed at intervals with great trouble kept free before the restaurants the terraces disproportionately enlarged by the placing of chairs and tables made the obstruction more complete and rendered circulation impossible now and again an onlooker impatiently stood upon his chair for an instant the time that one could beg him to get down evidently all were waiting one felt without doubt that between the two pavements upon the protected route something was going to pass having found a table with great difficulty and paid a large price for it Angel and titurus installed themselves in front of two glasses of beer and asked the waiter what are they all waiting for where does your lordship come from said the waiter does not your lordship know that every one is waiting to see melibius he will pass by between five and six and there listen i believe one can already hear his flute from the depths of the boulevard the frail notes of a pipe were heard the crowd thrilled with still greater attention The sound increased came nearer grew louder and louder oh how it moves me said angèle the setting sun soon threw its rays from one end of the boulevard to the other and as if issuing from the splendour of the setting sun melibius was at last seen advancing preceded by the simple sound of his flute at first nothing could be clearly distinguished but his figure but when he drew nearer oh how charming he is said In the meantime Melibius, as he arrived opposite Titurus, ceased to play his flute, stopped suddenly, saw Angèle, and everyone realized that he was naked. Oh, said Angèle, leaning upon Titeurus, how beautiful he is! What strong thighs he has! His playing is adorable! Titurus felt a little uncomfortable. Ask him where he is going, said Angèle. Where are you going? questioned Titurus. Melibius replied eo romam what does he say asked angel Titurus, you would not understand my dear but you can explain it to me said angel romam insisted melibius urbem quam dicund romam angel oh it sounds delicious what does it mean Titurus? but my dear angel i assure you it is not so delightful as it sounds it means quite simply that he is going to rome rome said angèle dreamily oh i should love so much to see rome melibius resuming his flute once more began to play his primeval melody and at the sound angèle in a passion of excitement raised herself stood up drew near and as melibius's arm was bent to her hand she took it and thus the two together went on their way along the boulevard further further they went gradually vanished from sight and disappeared into the finality of the twilight dusk The crowd now unbridled in its agitation became more and more tumultuous on all sides one heard the questions what did he say what did he do who was that woman and when a few minutes later the evening papers appeared a furious curiosity swept over them like a cyclone and it was suddenly divulged that the woman was angèle and that this melibius was a naked person who was going to italy Then, all their curiosity having died down, the crowd streamed off like water flowing away and the main boulevards were deserted. And Terturus found himself alone, completely surrounded by the swamp. Let us grant that I have said nothing. An irrepressible laughter shook the audience for several seconds. Gentlemen, I am happy that my story has amused you, said Prometheus, laughing also. Since the death of Damocles I have found the secret of laughter. For the present i have finished gentlemen let the dead bury the dead and let us go quickly to lunch he took the waiter by one arm and cockley's by the other they all left the cemetery after passing the gates the rest of the assembly dispersed pardon me said cockley's your story was charming and you made us laugh but i do not quite understand the connection if there had been more you would not have laughed so much said prometheus do not look for too much meaning in all this I wanted above all to distract you and i am happy to have done so surely i owed you that i wearied you so the other day they found themselves on the boulevards where are we going said the waiter to your restaurant if you do not mind in the memory of our first meeting you are passing it said the waiter i do not recognize it it is all new now oh i forgot i forgot that my eagle don't trouble he will never do it again is it true said cockles what you say what that you have killed him and that we are going to eat him do you doubt it said prometheus have you looked at me when he was alive did i dare to laugh was i not horribly thin certainly he fed on me long enough i think now that it is my turn a table sit down sit down gentlemen waiter do not service as a last remembrance take the place of damocles the meal was more joyful than it is possible to say the eagle was found to be delicious and at dessert they all drank his health has he then been useless asked one do not say that cockles his flesh has nourished us when i questioned him he answered nothing but i eat him without bearing him a grudge and if he had made me suffer less he would have been less fat less fat he would have been less delectable of his past beauty what is there left i have kept all his feathers it is with one of them that i write this little book may you rare friend not find it too foolish epilogue to endeavour to make the reader believe that if this book is such as it is it is not the fault of the author one does not write the books one wants to journal de goncourt the history of Leda made such a great stir and covered Tyndarus with so much glory that minos was not much disturbed to hear pacifii say to him it can't be helped i do not like men but later it is very provoking and it has not been easy i trusted that a god had hidden there if zeus had done his share i should have produced a dioscurus thanks to this animal i have only given birth to a calf end of section three end of prometheus ill-bound by andré gide translated by lilian rothermere